Welcome to An American's Guide to Bollywood, where today we're talking about Bola, an action thriller about a man who was released after 10 years in prison trying to see his daughter. I'm Hannah, and we are taking a break in our regularly scheduled programming because we saw a movie at the theaters that was awesome. And we think all of you should see it, ideally in theaters. <laughs> it was so good. If it's still around when this gets released, yeah. you should see it. So this is an Ajay Devgan movie, and he stars in it, and he directed it. He's recently and been produced. getting into directing it. Yes, Yes, yep. and produced. I feel like once you're starring in it and directing it, it should be a given that you've produced it. It but. should be, yeah. <laughs> Very rare that somebody's like, but I'm not going to produce it. Yeah. I don't, I don't want a producing credit. Yeah, exactly. Um, he theoretically plays the hero of this movie. I mean, he is the hero of this movie, but like, he's sure. not... He's Bola. The beginning is all taboo. Yeah, and like the plot moves around her. Yes. Like, around her her deal. Right. So she is a cop, a honest cop. For once. Yeah. Now, I'm saying that partially because it's very clear in this movie that that's rare. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that this is part of her problem. Also, every other cop movie we've ever seen. Oh, well, but yeah. This is part of her problem is she can't rely on the wider police force. She can only rely on her own men. Right. They have confiscated... Some in extraordinary amount of pure cocaine. That They're saying one billion dollars worth. I mean, probably rupees worth. Right. I could. I just couldn't tell if it was rupees or dollars. I couldn't either. I don't know. I can't. But it's the largest it a billion dollars worth. <laughs> you never know, though. It was the you largest drug bust in India, and so they've collected all this cocaine and they have it stored in what has to be the most awesome prison of all time. It oh, was it's built, amazing. It was built by the British, so it's like... Sure, its history is covered in blood and injustice, <laughs> but the British know how to build a, a jail that you can have a movie in. I know. I was like, I hate to imagine why that was built, but... Right? I don't want to know anything that happened there before this movie, but it's right. amazing. It's a hardcore prison with like a basement cellar built out of stone with and secret tunnel entrances it's and like, exits. Right, and it's like all fortified and Yeah. So this is where the cocaine is. The drug lords want their cocaine back. Yes, this this gang is like the most powerful gang around. All the other gangs, large or small, work for this gang. Yes. And they are currently being led by an insane person named Ashu who's the younger brother, but his older brother's missing. Just temporarily. Right. Yeah. Uh, so know where he is. He's determined to get the drugs back. And so this leads to... He's got a pirate aesthetic. He definitely And a does. crazy brain. Yeah. I mean, if this was in America, this part would be played by Johnny Depp. As as Cla Captain Jack Sparrow. Yes. Yeah. A slightly more sinister Captain Jack Sparrow. Playing Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's, like, this convoluted plot wherein 40 police officers, everyone except Taboo, gets drugged with roofies at a party. And so Taboo is going to take them to the police station where they'll be safe because she can't trust anyone. Right. So she both can't trust that they're they're not going to come, someone's not going to come kill them, which is the most likely thing, or that they haven't been overdosed. 
And they'll die anyway. Right. But she needs to get to the police station where all the drugs and stuff are, too. Because she hears that they, they've they figured out where it is. Right. So and I don't know if y'all have ever seen Assault <laughs> on Precinct 13, but it's going down. The stuff at the police station was all kind of similar to that. Yeah. And and this the movie, the Tamil movie this is based on, which we have not seen, was inspired in part by Assault on Precinct 13. That totally checks out. Yeah. But you know what? I think that's a movie that more other movies could stand to be inspired by. It's There's not a ton there in the movie itself, but it's a good framework that you can build a lot on. And this is a movie, in spite of all the explanation that we've been given, that we've been giving, is actually a very simple movie. Because once the setup is complete, mm-hmm. what it really is, is that Taboo has a truckload of passed out cops. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get to a destination that is under attack by a gang. And various gangs are going after the truck. To try and get the bounty on the cops. Exactly. I was worried that the intrigue around the drug bust might be a little complicated, but it really wasn't. No. Especially, like, once they're on the road. It is extremely simple. So then Ajay Devian comes in. Yeah. I don't know if y'all have ever seen John Wick also. Yeah. It was a lot like that. (laughs) Right. So Ajay Devian comes in because of, again... Some odd circumstances. He winds up being around when they need someone to drive the truck, and he's the only person that can drive the truck, and so he gets roped into it. Because it's taboo and three caterers at this point. Right. Who are like, oh, we can't drive. Right. There was the one caterer, I think, who, like, ran away, and that was... Yeah. The one that could drive the truck. (laughs) Yeah. So... He gets roped into driving the truck, even though his ultimate goal is just to get to the orphanage to get his daughter out of the orphanage, who he's never met. Right. And he didn't know about. Right. When he went to prison, he didn't know. Yeah. So that is his only goal. Also, heartbreakingly, we see the little girl in the orphanage who has been told by the world's worst orphanage runner that someone is going to come to see her tomorrow. Yeah. Now, the lady knew enough not to say, your dad's going to come see you tomorrow. But she still said anything, which was wrong. Right. Don't ever get an orphan's hopes up. Right. Come on, man. Honestly, don't ever get a child's hopes up. I have a two-year-old. You know when I tell him that we're going to go do something that he thinks is fun? Five minutes before we do it. But thankfully for Taboo, who has been wounded by this point, Mm -hmm. Bola, which is Ajay Jevkin's character, and which weirdly also means innocent, very He's weird. The most badass of all badass Indian heroes. Y'all. Which is where the John Wick comparison comes in. It's, this is because it's not, it's not from a commitment to realism in no. action, which John Wick does have. This is quite the opposite. And that's exactly what I wanted out of this. When I saw that Ajay Devkin is wielding a trident and directing himself in an action movie. This is the movie I wanted it to be. And in fact, it surpassed all expectations. It is a really fun, big, splashy action movie that doesn't... It takes itself seriously, but it pulls it off. It does. It's not a comedy. And, you know, honestly, we saw it in the theater with um, a few Indian people. And there were people cheering during more than one scene. Yeah. This... You know, this is what people, this is exactly what people want it to be. If this movie, if you don't like this movie, I feel like you were confused about the movie you were going to see. Right. So, like, if you liked Mad Max, Mm -hmm. if you liked John Wick, 
Yeah. If you liked 300, if yes. you liked these types of movies where it kind of, it's, the plot is simple, but the heroes are mythic. Yes. That's, you'll like this movie. If you're going to sit there and say, you can't slap a motorcycle out of the air, then don't watch this movie. Right. But if you like all those movies, you're going to love this one. And because Ajay Devgan directed it, there's only one dance number, and it's pretty well worked into the movie. (laughs) It is. um, And it's right at the beginning. So, you know, one and done. She says, what? I hate to dance. I assume everyone hates to dance. (laughs) Is that not in everyone's contract that I will lightly bounce to music at any point and that's it? (laughs) And Amitabh Bakchan's like, nope, that's what mine says. (laughs) I think we're good. <laughs> He's not in this movie. I'm just roasting him. But part of what really makes this movie work is that it really does feel like myth because of because of so many things. Okay. Yeah. So, like, the simplicity of the plot really mm-hmm. helps. There's oh, not a lot of distractions going on. It's not about the twists and the turns. You yeah. know what's going to happen. It's all set up around this. Yeah. The heroes are extraordinarily heroic. Yes, and they're they are good or bad. Right. The bad are very bad. Yes. And the good are very good. There is not a single character that is in between. Right. And Bola's backstory is slowly revealed over the course of the movie mm-hmm. in I think a way that had really good timing. Oh it did. It really did. The action scenes are really well choreographed and the photography was quite beautiful. Yeah, oh it was. I have to say, I haven't seen a movie in theaters in I don't even know how long. But I left that theater and I was like, honestly, I want to turn around and go watch that movie again. It was so fun and good. I've really been impressed with Ajay Devgan's directing. So he also directed a movie called Runway 34, which I saw. And And which I have wanted to see. I've seen good things about it. So that's a movie where the first half is really good and the second half just like kind of goes off the rails. And to be fair, that is from a a screenwriting point of view, not from a directing point of view, but like it does go off the rails. (laughs) And you'll know exactly when the transition happens. But the first half of the movie was really well paced and really well shot and really well acted. And I think this is my own partiality with directors, but I have a great respect for directors that have a strong visual aesthetic because there's a lot of directors who can get good performances out of actors. I don't want to say that's not hard because it is, but like it's much more common in successful directors, but for a director to have a visual aesthetic and a real eye for what is cool or pleasing or things like that, I think that's really hard to come by. And I will stick by a director that has a good visual aesthetic for a lot longer um, with, you know, a lot of bad movies coming out. I will still go see Timur Beckman Batop's movies. (laughs) Tarsem? Yes. You can screw a lot up before we'll abandon you. Uh, 100%. I will always go see a Tarsem movie. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it was good. And the action was so good. And it was, it was, it's like you said, the action was so well shot. Even though, like you said, he's a mythic character fighting, not totally, but mostly ordinary people. Yeah. And so that could get boring really fast. And it doesn't. It's, it's really good. And I think part of this is the slow reveal of his backstory means that you can see him getting, like, more and more badass as the movie goes on. Definitely. 
Because you start understanding. I mean, like, there's literally a guy in jail who just occasionally they'll show as he's telling the oh, other prisoners more it. and more about well, him. Because he does his he does his perp walk out of the jail in the very and beginning. Yeah, everyone is like yelling and banging their plates and stuff, and these guys are like, "Brother," talking to this old man. They're like, "Who was that man?" And he's like, "Gather round, <laughs> yes, I'll tell you a tale." And it's great. There's literally a guy narrating how mythical he is. Yeah. And they and they don't give you all of his backstory. And it was so well done that I was like, no, don't cut off. I wanted the rest of it. I know. There was a lot of confidence. And there were things that were kind of implied that were just never spoken. Yeah. About, like, explanations that were never given. But, I mean, you don't need them. Mm-hmm. And weirdly for an Indian movie, there was a sequel set up, like, Right off. Instantly. Yeah. So... The confidence of that, too, was crazy. I, I mean, but it was good. I, I, you know, I would have been a lot more sad... Right, to not ...walking out of the theater without that assurance. <laughs> I would assume. Mm-hmm. But it was really nice to be, like, good. And I think the Tomo movie had a sequel set up, too. Again, I haven't seen it. But I'm pretty sure it did. So that probably helps. But... Indian movies do not make sequels. Maybe this is a Western influence coming in of, of like, you should think ahead to see if you can get some sequels out. Yeah. But it's so much less common in Indian movies, so I was really surprised that they did it right there at the end of the movie. Yeah, it is strange. But, like, I don't know. I see similarities to Bahubali and, you know, just, like, these these extraordinary, like, fighting whatever, like, superhero-ish things, like mm-hmm. Krish... Like, that stuff all kind of has sequels. Yeah. So We're not recommending Krish, by the way. We don't, just mentioned don't, it. Don't see it. Don't see it. <laughs> One, I'm sure once it's out of theaters, it will go to streaming pretty quickly. So oh, if you don't get a chance, keep an eye out for it. So that's all for non-spoilers. We'll do spoilers after the interval. We did not talk about very much before the villain, but I really like this type of villain. And it's honestly like kind of a nice villain to have in a mythic story. Because where, right, because where the heroes are like forces of righteousness, like unbending forces of righteousness, to have a villain that is essentially like a force of chaos, like to show that the evil is not corrupt just corrupt but also chaotic is a good offset yeah this guy is like a little jokery yeah in his in his just willingness to like anything that he doesn't like even if it's on his own team right like no one's really i mean right sure. he, like he kills one he's, of his own guys with a hammer because he can't open the law right like he's of sane. this like impenetrable force <laughs> exactly He's sane enough that he's not going to, um, like, you know, high up people, people that are really useful. Like, of course, he's not going to do that to them. But, like, anyone lower than that is not safe. Yeah. 
Uh, so they're all subject to his whims. Yeah. And he gets a really strong introduction, too, by oh, being just bonkers right mm-hmm. off the top and killing that one guy while dancing to the music. Immediately. Can I just say that I'm pretty sure that guy, so he was in Ankara. Right. And I think he was the weedy guy that was supposed to marry Dolly. Which is so crazy because that was such a different part. Unrecognizable. He's so good in this. Yeah. And I really hope it opens up a lot more for him because this is such a visible role. Um, Because I think he, there's a lot that this guy can do. And the other interesting thing about that character is that normally in that kind of setup, story, like character setup, the especially with the brother mm-hmm. situation, normally the one brother who's second in command is the crazy one. Right. And then the brother who's in charge of everything, the older brother who's in charge of all of it, is normal. Right. Like, very organized and like like he's the one that kind of directs this kind of chaotic force well and he loves his brother but maybe part of it is that he really can't be trusted to do anything on his own right. anyway he he's a, also a little disapproving of his methods he's like you're too crazy right i have to control you why do you always make a mess for me yes and in this movie i was so surprised when the older brother finally gets revealed and he's, he's just as bonkers oh he's nuts yeah yeah He's like, like immediately yelling about how he wants to eat cops. I mean, yeah, I, I truly am curious about how he was able to be quiet in jail for that long. I know. Because they kind of rounded up these guys and didn't know who they were. Also, I love that they're taking names from people and they're like, ask everyone their names. Oh one my guy gosh. said Hitler and no one questioned that. <laughs> Maybe it's a common name in India. Okay. I don't know. Well, I hope not. <laughs> But it's weird that they were just like, okay, next. Just tell me your name. Next guy. No questions. This guy will never lie about his name. And now to be fair, he didn't. He didn't. So it was a good call on Taboo's part. And I did. I also really liked the older cop who was there. Yeah, we didn't talk about the people in the police station at all. No, we didn't. The cop and the four students. Who, by the way, are probably going to be filing a a hefty lawsuit. (laughs) They seemed pretty gung-ho to protect the police station. They never complained about getting stuck there. I probably wouldn't complain either until I was out of it and I was like, hang on, they just kept us there so they'd have more people there. Yeah, no, I would have complained at the time as well. I would have also, pretty loudly. Yeah. We're not patriotic enough, I guess. Well, no, I'm just extremely weak and aware of my weakness. I would... I would be willing to help defend a police station if it could be proven to me that it was worth defending, and if there was, like, weaponry that was something other than me throwing papers at someone. (laughs) Now, to be fair, that worked. It did work. They were able to subdue Ashu. Yeah. Who was on a coke binge, too. I know. that's impressive. Well, to be fair, it's heavily implied that they just defeated him because of their own courage. And you know what? I'm not going to take that away from them. Nope. I think it's true. Hey, if Bola says it, are you going to question? No, because I watched a panther get scared of him and run away <laughs> just for walking up to it. You see the other thing about Bola's fight scenes. So there has been discussion amongst us of the fact that when he's fighting with the trident, that he pulls the trident through several people, like, the wrong way. Yep. 
But that trident was part of a larger statue of Shiva, like a whole temp- like outdoor temple set up statue of Shiva, which, by the way, is the only reason you would have tridents in India, like standing around sure. is because they're associated with Shiva. But there's no way that that thing was sharpened. Oh, right. It wasn't like a imagine? functional trident. No, and he's using both ends of that thing. They're both spearing yeah. three people. <laughs> I mean, Shiva was pleased. The shots oh, heavily implied. Definitely. Definitely. Well, justice was served at his temple. Right off of the bat. I mean, I have to say, Taboo, who SP Diana, but she was so lucky about the person who happened to be standing around when she needed a truck driver. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? Because they start getting attacked by that motorcycle gang, and it's just like, he doesn't even ask any questions. Yeah, he's just like, you need to steer now. Hang on, I'm going to climb up on top and kill yeah. all these guys. And she doesn't even try and explain. And she's just like, okay, let me go do this. And he defeats an entire motorcycle gang that's yeah. also, like, set the truck on fire. And then, after it's all done, he's like, I thought this wasn't supposed to be dangerous. And I'm like, whoa, hold on. If I was the policewoman in this situation, I would have some questions about what he went to jail for. Yeah, I'd be like, well, good news. It wasn't dangerous because you handily defeated everyone. (laughs) Like, that didn't seem like it was hard for you. No. Please don't complain to me. (laughs) And yeah, that's the other thing. I, she never asked what he went to jail for. I guess she was just like, you know what? Not going to look this gift horse in the mouth. But if you're in jail for 10 years and you get off good behavior, there's no way. Because, oh, didn't his parole officer say that he was supposed to be in jail for life? But yes. it was his good behavior? So, what did how, he do, man? Also, I don't know how jail works in India, but you cannot be eligible for parole 10 years in for a life sentence here, no matter what you did. Yeah. And, I mean, his jail time was justified. But it's kind of another mythic quality to him, where the way he tells it, he was like, fine, I'll just rot in jail forever because I'm sad. Um, Right, and I think he recognizes there is a certain amount of justice because of the way he lived his life before. Sure, yeah, he was like this, you know... Redeemed by the love of a good woman. By the way, another sequence I really liked, because normally in Bollywood movies, they spend like half an hour of elaborate scenes and dialogue and stuff, and in this, it was all one song montage, and you got his whole backstory. No dialogue. Yeah, it was really really well done. It was so good. So he's like, I'll just stay in jail. And then he finds out he has a daughter, and then he instantly is able to, like, get out on parole for good behavior. Yeah, because he seems to have decided to spend his time rotting in jail studying the Gitas. Yeah. So that helps justify a lot, I guess. Yeah, um, and I think, again... It really is better to just kind of look at this guy as, like, whatever he decides to do, he's going to be able to do. Right. And they didn't want him to have a 20-year-old daughter waiting for him. It was much more heartbreaking to have a 10-year-old daughter. Right. And it makes sense that the one thing he couldn't do was save his wife because that was taken away by the gods because he was a criminal. Right. Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, like, I think... From a Hindu perspective, you can see karma at work mm-hmm. in a lot of the way his life has unfolded. Yeah. Because it's only after studying the scriptures and, like, being reformed by the love of a good woman, accepting justice, and 
studying the scriptures that he discovers that he has a daughter at all. And then, in order to even get to her, he has to, like, defeat I mean, the what did they say? He, he killed, yeah, he killed, like, 70 guys? 70 guys. In one night? He killed 70 guys before he got to the jail. Right. No, wait. He I think killed was, 70 guys before even the showdown at the temple. Yeah, I think it was before the temple fight. So, like, hundreds. Right. Really. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you can definitely see the idea of karma at work in this movie. Yeah. And I think the other thing they did that was really nice was to give the audience the emotional weight of what he was going through. Because if we were just told, like, well, he has to go see his daughter... I'm like, well, I get it. Everyone needs a thing that their their goal that's mm-hmm. different than whatever the goal is they're being forced to do. But the fact that we were able to see the daughter and we kept cutting to scenes of like her not being able to sleep and her trying to get in touch with her father and or you know the person who yeah, was going to see her like, next day. Who are you? Right. All of a sudden, you really realize the importance of him being there at the right time because. Also, from our perspective, we're like, well, if he's not there tomorrow, like, as long as he's not dead, he'll be there the next day or the next week. Like, this is clearly more important than that. She's been in the orphanage for how long? So you really have to see the emotional reaction of the girl to understand the importance of him being at the right place at the right time. It was also... And that girl, by the way, was adorable. She's so cute. It was also really good because as much as he was unhappy about it, and you could kind of see the injustice of him possibly losing his life over this when he was on his way to do this thing. You could totally see Taboo's side. Um, yeah. I I was like, yeah, I get it. She's got 40 guys here, and she's trying to do that and, like, make this drug bust happen. And she really is trying to, to be, like, the one good cop. Well, and if he hadn't had the daughter, I totally would have been on... Taboo side. Sure. I no, mean, that was the only thing where right. you're like, oh no, but like he needs to be there for his daughter. Exactly. Because if and he didn't like, have a daughter, yeah, then then it would just be 100% justice, whatever happened to him. Like, who cares exactly. if he dies? I mean, you know, he's a likable hero, but he was a terrible human being. Exactly. But as it is, you're like, okay, I totally get that. And I, I like, he needs to be there for his daughter. But also, I like, I understand why Taboo can't be like, okay, well, I guess, like, these 40 guys will probably just die. That's fine. Right. And, like, whoever else, and they'll get all the drugs back and, like, all this stuff. Yeah. Like, okay, I get it. See ya. Bye. I have to say, one thing that I thought was really funny is when the cops are roofied and they just start, like, literally dropping down, like, flies. Yeah. like, that's not how that works. Yeah, it was very funny. It, they, it's not called the date rape drug because your date just it collapses out. It's it was very dramatic. Be, well, it which was, does make me think that maybe they were all overdosed and were in <laughs> danger of like dying before they yeah woke up. I mean, a great visual, definitely. But it was it was great. I wouldn't have wanted it another way, but it was so wild. But yeah, when they were like, "It's rohypnol," and I'm like, "Uh, it was not." Rohypnol famously works within thirty seconds of taking a drink. <laughs> Yeah. Although, man, if they really were all overdosed with Rohypnol, for one thing, they've been on the road for hours. And now there's 40 guys that you have to get to a hospital and treat. I know. I hope a hospital was prepared for that. That's a lot of beds. 
But that was just funny. And I like that the guy, the traitor cop, who was in the back. Yes. Uh, he just, like, literally gets up and is like, well, hold on. I have to make sure SP Diana dies. So I'm fine and I'm going to go help them. And I'm like, how did you think that this wasn't going to be suspicious? Although apparently it was weird that that worked. You could tell that, like, they kind of thought it was suspicious, but they didn't right. do anything about it. Yeah. I was surprised when he actually managed to stab Bola in the back. I was very surprised. Because I thought for sure Bola was going to be like, well, that is the world's most suspicious story. Right. There's no way that's true. There you go. Results speak for themselves. Exactly. Well, we will be back to our rom-com series in the next episode. Same movie and all that. But it's always worth keeping an eye on what is passing through the theaters if you live in an area that has an Indian population. Because we just saw this at a Cinemark. That's the thing. There's, I mean, it helps if you're living in a bigger city, but yeah, there's a ton of Indian movies playing around us. So check it out because there might be some. Yeah, it's really a good way to see them. So we'll see you next time on An American's Guide to Bollywood. For more of An American's Guide to Bollywood, go to guidetobollywood.com. To contact us, write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com.